welcome to Pursuit Church Podcast, where we give those far from God the opportunity to pursue Christ. We are so glad you are here, and wherever you're listening from, we believe God has a word for you through today's message. Before you're seated today, I want to read from the book of Hebrews. Chapter 12, verses 25 through 29. Hebrews chapter 12, starting with verse 25. See that you do not refuse him who speaks. For if they did not escape who refused him who spoke on earth, Much more shall we not escape if we turn away from him who speaks from heaven, whose voice then shook the earth. But now he has promised, saying, Yet once more I shake not only the earth, but also heaven. Now this yet once more indicates the removal of those things that are being shaken, as of things that are made, that the things which cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear, for our God is a consuming fire. This morning, I simply want to title my message, The Shaking of All Things. You may be seated, church. The Shaking of All Things. One of the many things that my wife and I, that we've learned in the past year as we've spent it taking care of uh, my son Cyrus, is that when you receive a newborn and you're giving a child to, sit, to raise and, and you got to take care of that child, you are also receiving an alarm clock. I'm sure if you've had children yourself, you can certainly testify of that. I still set my alarm to wake up every morning before I go to work. But if I wanted to, I could just rely on my son to wake me up because uh, every morning come 5 a.m. or so, my son is always awake and, and where there used to be that fear that I might be late to work and I may accidentally sleep in, uh, no longer do I have that fear because no matter how tired I was the night before and no matter how little sleep I got that night, my son is always ready to wake up everyone in the home because he's ready to get on with his day. He is the most consistent and faithful alarm clock. I can always count on my boy. Uh, You know, when he He sees even the slightest amount of sunlight come out that window. He knows. Guys, it's time to wake up. (laughs) There have only been a few times that we've had to wake him up ourselves. Times where maybe we had an appointment or we had to, he was taking some medicine at one point. We had to wake him up every four hours or so. And maybe we just had to be somewhere. But it's never happened before. He always wakes up when we need him to wake up. But if for some reason he didn't wake up the first time, then of course, as worried parents, we would shake him, you know, shake him a little harder, maybe a little bit more aggressively for fear of his safety to make sure our son is okay. I remember the first time our son worked, uh, he slept 
all throughout the night. It was like a solid 12 hours, and my wife and I looked at each other the next morning, and we're both thinking the same thing. Is he alive? Are they okay? And sure enough, they just slept through the night. But as parents, you always want to make sure your child is okay. And, and I was thinking about that this week, church, and I believe that that is precisely what God is doing in our world today. He is shaking the world, and he's reminding the world of his soon return and uh, the impending judgment upon the world. And the closer we get, the more aggressive uh, the shaking has become and will continue to be so long as uh, men's hearts are hardened and they don't repent and, and they don't live for God and turn to God. The shaking must continue. You know, it's God's mercy that shakes the world. It's God's great uh, and sometimes un, we do not able to understand grace that even allows affliction and trials or pain and hardship in our life when we aren't living right. He's trying to wake up the sleeping masses. He's trying to wake up the sleeping soul. So sometimes I'm even hesitant to pray for healing so quickly even over my own life. But instead, I simply pray God's will would be done over my life because sometimes it just might be that God is trying to produce something in me or he's trying to bring something out of me. Sometimes that's just the way that God works. It's not always God's will that we're healed and, and we're pain-free and that we're not going through a trial, especially if our souls are in ill condition. It is often through hardship and much impossibility that God grows our faith. It, it's just his way of helping us to not lean upon our own understanding and upon the world, but to help us lean upon him. And, and sometimes that's just God's way of saving the soul. Our bodies one day will perish. Uh, these earthly vessels, as we know it, they are perishing, but one day they will cease to exist as they are, but our souls will live forever, and our souls need saving. Uh, and so like a parent who loves their child and, and they're trying to wake them up, the closer we get to the return of Christ, the more firm and the more aggressive God will shake all things in hopes that maybe he can wake some people up and save their soul. Uh, when Jesus walked upon the earth, he, uh, in his earthly ministry, showed us a better way. He was uh, merciful and, and so forgiving and kind and, and gracious. And he, you know, sent those who were caught in adultery away with forgiveness. And he sent thieves away without penalty. And he sent addicts away with freedom and liars away with the word of mercy and drunkards away with grace. He set all kinds of people free. And, and upon every nation, he has left his footprint of forgiveness and he has sent words to every generation peace I leave with you peace I I give to you I don't give to you as the world gives do not let your hearts be troubled neither be afraid I come to bring pre peace and I come to bring good news but people still cease to believe and people still do not listen to him Jesus told the world before he left, before he ended his earthly ministry, he says, I'm going away, but I will come back again. 
It's a promise that we can count on even more today that God is coming back. And God has with much grace and mercy began to shake the world by telling of a greater judgment, a day in which he shall judge all nations and all people. But he has showed us how to be saved from the judgment. He has given us the gospel. He has uh, provided himself for our salvation. He has shed his blood for even the, the hardest of sinners, the greatest of sinners. He has not held back his love. He has not uh, held back his mercy. He has not hesitated to show us his kindness as brutal as it was. He died on the cross. As humiliating as it was, he drank from that cup of suffering and death. He became the God who died in our place, showing mercy and grace. And so the the writer of Hebrews says in our scripture today in verse 25, See that you do not refuse him who speaks. Speaking of all of the words of Jesus. There is simply no greater warning than this. Nothing as consequential. Nothing as serious and significant as to overlook the words of Jesus. Because with his words of mercy and grace comes the promise of judgment. A just God has to judge. Jesus will be the judge. For the born-again believer, this is no problem, no problem at all. We don't have to fear judgment. We don't have to pay for our sins. We don't have to answer for our forgiven past. Quite literally, church, we have nothing to fear if we are in right standing with God. We're not perfect, but we do strive for it. When we fall, we confess and, and we repent and we get back up. We refuse to live an unrepentant life. We refuse to quit fighting the flesh. We, we don't let flesh rule over our body, but we let the Holy Spirit rule our body. And we know the Holy Spirit is still working on each of us today. But for the unbeliever, for the unrighteous, for the one who loves the world more than anything else and does not listen to the words of Jesus, it is dreadful news that judgment is coming. What could be more dreadful, church, than being judged by the one who died for you? What in the world could be more awful than facing judgment from the one who died for me? Please give me any judge besides Jesus. Give me a new judge. He's going to give me questions I can't answer. He's going to make me accountable for things that nobody knew about. Please give me a a different judge, at least one that didn't die for me, at least one that didn't carry a cross for me. For what will I possibly be able to say to this Jesus? But nobody will be able to change the judge. Jesus is the judge, and, and I suppose many questions will be asked, such as, why didn't you listen? Why didn't you heed my voice? Why didn't you accept my blood? Why didn't you accept my sacrifice? I died for you. I I was crucified for you. I carried that cross thinking about you. Why did you let unbelief enter your heart? Why did you love the world more than me? It'll be an awful judgment for the unbeliever. 
because Jesus will be the judge and a just God has to judge justly. He has to judge honestly and no other persuasion outside of the blood upon our lives will do. And so as his return draws near and judgment comes close, he has promised a shaking, a shaking of all things. He has promised to shake yet once more all the things upon the earth. Nobody will be able to avoid the shaking. All that can be shaken will be shaken in the last days. Uh, the warning of Scripture is do not refuse him who is speaking. That is the words of Christ Jesus. For it, there is no way to avoid the shaking that is going to come upon the world. You know, we often have discussions and we often wonder and ask uh, each other, what times are we living in? What, what should the church expect in 2023 and going forward? Are these the times of greater revival? Is this a time of a greater pouring out of God's Spirit? Or are these really just the days of social decay and greater rebellion and greater darkness and the increase of wickedness? Well, I believe it's all of the above. Let me show you why. The Bible says, in the last days, I will pour out my Spirit. This was promised by the prophet Joel, preached again, reiterated by the apostle Peter. That there would be in the last days until the end a continued revival. But also Jesus himself said that wickedness and increase would abound. False prophets would arise. He said they're, they're even around today. The love of many would grow cold. Many would become offended, betraying one another, hating one another. But Jesus also adds that the gospel will continue to be preached all around the world to every single generation. He says, and then the end shall come. So what's going on? What's happening around the world? What's happening in the last days? Well, it appears just a little bit of everything. We are living and shaking times. God is shaking the nations. He's revealing light. And the hearts of those who are hungry, it's happening all over the world. There's continued revival. Souls are being saved. Uh, but at the same time, we're seeing lots of decay around the world, especially in our culture and the free world. In the Western culture, man is gripped by sin. And, and even many in the church are being shaken. People are forsaken the truth. People are leaving the church. Many are becoming offended. That spirit of offense is all in the churches, so offended by just the smallest little thing. And, and people are hating one another. And people are so easy to be so brittled and broken and, and their, uh, their hearts are filled with unbelief and they're falling into unbelief and, and their lives become sinful and their consciences become seared by the culture and, and they no longer have that hunger and thirst and desire for righteousness any longer. And may I add, there's a great difference between somebody who falls into sin and regrets it and gets back up and, and they, hate, they hate that it happened and they ask God for forgiveness and, and they get on with their way and they continue to live for God. And then the person who continues to willfully sin, 
giving no thought to the matter, having no intention of giving it up, nor any fear of judgment. One is a Christian and one is not. Both may go to church, but one is going to be shaken and one will not. Why? Because in these last days, everything that can be shaken will be shaken. In these last days, if our faith in Christ is not strong, you better believe you're going to be shaken. If our hope is only in the world, and if we've got money in the bank, and if our health is good, and if our marriages are perfect, and our families are good, uh, we will be shaken. If we're uh, just going through the motions, and we just act like we've got to walk with God, but we don't pray at home, we will be shaken. If we only have faith in God when things are going good in this life, we better believe we will be shaken. Every individual who has no firm foundation upon this rock, Christ Jesus, will be shaken in the last days. Uh, when we look around our world, we see many things that speak of the shaking. Tensions among people, tensions among nations and governments, the rise and the threat of war, the fear that all things, all things could end in just a matter of minutes if it were to be a nuclear war. If, if nuclear war broke out, it, everything could be finished. People fear about that. Uh, we have the instability of our wealth, the instability in the economy, the increase of unhappiness across the world, the rise in drug use and, and suicide and depression, the many physical calamities across the world. Uh, it's no coincidence. It is only the beginning of the shaking of all things. All things are being shaken. The earth is being shaken. Nations are being shaken. Uh, all everywhere, all corners of the earth are being shaken. Even many in the church are being shaken. God is weeding out the kingdom. He's putting to test our faith. He's raising up and building up strong and honest and humble Christians, but he's also removing the fake. He's removing the counterfeit. In the Gospel of Luke, chapter 6, Jesus speaks a parable about two different houses. Uh, two different houses built upon two different foundations, one being solid rock and the other one being the earth, with, which represents uh, mere sand and dirt. And, and Jesus says, Whosoever cometh to me and heareth my sayings and doeth them, I will show you to whom he is like. He is like a man which built a house and digged deep and laid the foundation on a rock. And when the flood came, the stream beat upon that house and could not shake it. Could not shake it. Could not shake it. For it was founded upon a rock. But he that heareth and doeth not my words is like a man that without a foundation built a house upon the earth uh, against which the stream beat upon it. And immediately it fell and the ruin of that house was great. Notice church, there was no difference in the test that each house was subject to. Both houses were shaken. Both houses were tested. Both storms would beat upon both homes. The only difference was the foundation for which both houses were built upon. And Jesus said, building upon the rock, 
How do you build upon the rock? Jesus said, if you want to build upon the rock, it is merely hearing and doing my words. It is the only foundation that stands the test of time. It is the only foundation that cannot be shaken. So, what's being shaken today? Well, for one, individual lives are being shaken uh, many different ways in sickness and poverty, mental health, emotional health, broken marriages, hurts and pains. You know, everyone faces problems. We all face pain, but it's those who face these things without Christ as their hope and their foundation who, give, who will give way to the shaking. Homes and families are being shaken. Jesus said every house or household that is divided against itself cannot stand. You know, if the enemy can just break up the family, if the enemy can just cause dysfunction within the family, sometimes that's all that it takes for a person to lose their faith in God. And so families that are not built upon that strong, firm foundation of Christ can be shaken, and you better believe will be shaken in the last days. Governments are being shaken. Nations are being shaken. Leaders are being shaken. All things that can be shaken are being shaken. And leading up to Christ's return, the Bible says we can expect these things to intensify. Like a baby who doesn't wake up the first time, God is trying trying to wake up the sleeping masses. God is trying to wake up the sleeping souls with aggressive shaking. And the closer we get to the end of all things, the shaking must intensify, for it is God's mercy that doesn't want even one soul to perish. And God is weeding out the counterfeits, and he's demonstrating and Revealing a kingdom that cannot be shaken. God is revealing a people and a kingdom that's greater than anything, any empire or any government or any organization that can be built upon the earth. And, and God is revealing a spiritual kingdom that cannot be shaken. And the writer of Hebrews says, and we have such a kingdom. We are part of that spiritual kingdom. So where are we in the biblical timeline, well, we're in the shaking. The coming of Christ is nearing, even at hand, the Bible says. We're not even promised tomorrow. But until he returns, the shaking must continue. Today, in this very hour that we're living in, I'm saddened to see many people forsake the truth. I am saddened to see that unresolved hurt and pain has become a wedge that's caused them to walk away from God. I am saddened to see simple worldly pleasures steal the souls of many. I am saddened to see many marriages fall apart and families become broken in record numbers. I'm saddened to see the moral decay of society. I'm saddened to see people refuse the word of God. I'm so sad that People get so caught up in their earthly affairs that they've lost their first love. I'm saddened to see people break the promises they once made to God. I'm saddened that people have somehow become 
angry at God and bitter towards God over all of the envy and all of the jealousy in their hearts because of what their own brother or family member or friend or neighbor has, but God has not blessed them with. I'm saddened to see that people want more of the world instead of Jesus. I'm saddened that people compare salaries and promotions and wealth and earthly possessions I'm saddened to see that people have forgotten that naked they have come and naked they will depart. Nothing in the life is permanent. Everything is fleeting. Only the soul will live forever. I'm saddened to see many, even in the church, who have forgotten that the Jesus we praise and the Jesus we worship and the Jesus we love so much and talk about, he had nowhere to lay his head. He was not a man of many houses, horses, or shoes. He had no closet full of clothes or pantry full of food. And yet today, right now and forevermore, he is that high king in heaven. He is the one who leads the only kingdom, that spiritual kingdom that cannot be shaken. So again, the Bible says, see that you do not refuse him who speaks. See that you heed the words of Christ. See that you're ready for his return. See that your life is built upon firm foundation because this one thing we can be certain. We don't know if we will have a job tomorrow. We don't know if our heart will fail us this evening. We have no idea if we will die of a heart attack driving home. We have no idea what will happen. We have no idea if we will receive a phone call that somebody has been in an accident and they are gone but this one thing we can be certain Jesus is returning I said this one thing we can be certain Christ is coming back I'm reminded of what the Bible says about Noah and the ark just give me five more minutes the Bible says just as things were in the time of Noah, so they will be before God's wrath is poured upon the earth. What were they doing? They were having altar calls and they were praying. No, they were, the Bible says, eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage, living their life as usual. But they weren't without a preacher. They weren't without a, a, a voice crying out in the wilderness. And Noah was the preacher. Noah was that lover of righteousness. Noah warned them, get in the ark and, and get your family in the ark and, and get your children in the ark. You don't want to be left behind. You're not going to survive the flood. And everyone that did not get in the ark were shaken and they gave way to the flood. And only those who were in the confines of that ark were saved. The ark is a type of Christ. The ark represents the way of Christ. All is going to be shaken, but only those within the ark will be saved. And lastly, the writer of Hebrews tells us, therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. For our God is a consuming fire. It's rare today to find an individual who serves God with reverence and godly fear. In other words, since we're not only aware, but fully confident of the end of all things, 
And since we are fully convinced that when Jesus comes back, he will save the righteous and judge the unrighteous, may we then hold so tightly to our faith without wavering. May we examine today our lives carefully. May we throw out that which destroys the soul and wastes our time. May we spend more time praying and less time distracted. May we consecrate ourselves daily on the altar. May we separate ourselves from the world and the sins in our life that are so slowly destroying us. So that when God comes back, he finds us doing his will and he finds us praying and he finds us within the confines of the ark and he finds us reading his word or he finds us giving a Bible study or, or he finds us honestly providing for our family and he finds us with pure hearts and clean consciences for we are fully convinced of the times that we are living in. The flood is coming, but the ark has been prepared. The storm is even on the radar, church. The clouds are coming in. I can feel the humidity rising. The smell of rain showers is in the air. The waters are going to rise. And all that can be shaken will be shaken. But God will save his people. Are you ready? Are you within the ark? Is your foundation firm? Is your hope in God? Because if not, today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of new beginnings. Today the door of the ark remains open and a last minute call to get on board from God's great master conductor, Jesus Christ, goeth forth to all nations and all countries and all corners of the earth to every person. You don't want to miss this. Get on board for soon this ark is going to depart. The good news today is that you don't need a ticket. The price has already been paid. The ticket has already been bought. Jesus has made the way. The master conductor has promised a safe trip to heaven. The ark is built and the door remains open. For whosoever will, they may enter upon the ark freely. This ark is bound for glory. It doesn't carry anyone but the righteous and the holy. The only way is through the blood of Christ. But the good news today concerning the blood is that there's plenty. Let's all stand this morning, church. So what's going on in the world today? What's God doing? He's shaken the world. He's shaken the nations. He's shaken the minds of unbelievers. He's shaken the bodies of deep sleepers. It's a tra true tragedy that we could be in such a service and have something else on our mind besides the things of God. It's a tragedy that I could speak about the things of God and the coming of Christ and nothing even in our mind about God oh that God could, could wake up the sleeping saint 
Don't you know what time we're living in? You've spent the whole service thinking about anything and everything except for what the preachers preached. But Christ is coming back to save the righteous and judge the unrighteous. Wake up, wake up, wake up. In an act of ultimate mercy, God is spending the 11th hour waking up his people, waking up anybody, everybody, for whosoever will wake up. I'm still here. The apostle Peter said, Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you, as though some strange thing is happening to you in this hour. But rejoice to the extent that you partake in Christ's sufferings, that when his glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. <laughs> Why will you be so joyful? Because you kept believing. You kept living it. And you took it seriously. Do not think it's strange when things begin to shake in your life and your finances. Who cares about this world? Only the soul shall live forever. God is shaking all things. Everyone who has no firm foundation upon Christ shall be shaken. And whose foundation is built upon Christ shall stand. In these last days, as the gospel continues to go forth, you better believe people are going to be saved. The thirsty are going to drink. The hungry are going to eat. The, those who ask will receive. Those who run to the ark are going to find that Jesus has kept that door open. Until the return of Christ and the day of judgment, this ark is going to deny nobody. Anybody who runs to it, leaving their former things behind, seeking a brand new life in Christ Jesus, shall find it. So in these last days, have you found yourself frustrated by all the shaking? Maybe even falling into unbelief because of all the shaking, angry, bitter towards God because of all the shaking? Or is it drawing you closer to the rock? Christ is coming back, church. Christ is coming back. Matters not that I preach a good message. Matters not that we sing a good song. Matters not how much our church grows. May we not compare our churches to other churches. I don't care what other churches look like. I don't care if other churches are growing and we're not. The only promise I know is that Christ is coming back. And so my soul has got to be saved. I don't care what anyone else is doing. I don't care what anyone else is thinking. I don't care what anyone else is, is living for in this life. For me and my soul, we've got to be saved. The present world is passing away. Christ is coming back. Today the Lord shakes the heart of sleeping saints and sleeping unbelievers and everyone that's sleeping upon the earth saying, I'm coming back. I'm coming back. I'm coming back.
thank you for joining us today. Be sure to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. For more information about Pursuit, visit PursuitChurchAR.com. Thank you for listening and see you next week.